0: Hello and welcome to This Is Your FBI from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: He presents, This Is Your FBI. (laughs) This Is Your FBI, the official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Presented transcribed as a public service... By the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. A famous American once warned us that the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. All of us, of course, want security, but not at the price of freedom. That is why the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States was formed and why today there are more than 5 million Americans who are members of the Equitable Society of their own free will. In about 14 minutes, we have something to tell you about the Equitable Society's 8,000 representatives and how they may help you to enjoy the freedom from worry and the peace of mind that may come with membership in the Equitable Society. Tonight. The subject of our FBI file... Impersonation. It's title... The Masquerader.
2: Occasionally, it is possible to remove any ill after-effects of a crime. When a criminal is apprehended after a burglary, for example, and his loot is returned intact to the victim... No one is penalized except the lawbreaker. However, such complete restitution is never possible in the case of one particular criminal, the imposter. He usually works with forged credentials or fictitious letters of introduction from well-known people. Even after the imposter is apprehended, he leaves in his wake a wave of suspicion, a feeling on the part of his victims that never again will they be able to believe anyone. The case you are about to hear is the story of one of those criminals. Perhaps one of the most brazen imposters in the history of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Tonight's file opens in the rural district of a Midwestern state. It is early afternoon as an elderly man in overalls walks back and forth in front of the entrance to a newly constructed bridge. As a truck from one of the neighboring farms approaches, he holds his ancient rifle at his side and waves the truck to a stop.
3: Hold it, Roy. Stop right there. What's up, Clyde? Nothing wrong. You want to cross? Course I do. Cost you 50 cents. What for? Crossing. Clyde, I'm late now. I'll see you later. No, not move. Huh? You start without paying, and I'll blow your tires off. You been at the jug again? This ain't no fool matter. Now on, it costs 50 cents for friends... And a dollar for strangers to cross my bridge. Your bridge? That's what I said. I bought it today. From whole? The United States government, that's who. Paid a man $2,000 for it, and I got a deed to prove it. That's my boy Willie collecting at the other end. I see, he's got a customer. Klein. step up on the running board and take a look. Yeah, I can't see that far without my specs. Willie got into that car with a fella.
4: Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that's his car, right? Whose? The sheriff's.
2: Meanwhile, in a nearby large city, a distinguished-looking middle-aged man sits in a hotel suite dictating to an attractive girl.
5: And this will serve to introduce my secretary, Miss... Uh, uh, what name are you using here? Anne Pope. To introduce my secretary, Miss Ann Pope. New paragraph. Hmm. Because so many people here have been so kind, I find that purchasing farewell gifts for each will deplete my supply of cash. I would therefore appreciate your cashing the enclosed check. Uh
6: Uh-huh. Usual closing?
5: Yes, if you're ever in Scotland doing the grouse shooting and so forth. Yeah, okay. Uh, Use the blue checks.
6: I don't have any.
5: But I had some printed last week in Riverdale.
6: I left that package on the train. Oh, no. Look, the checks will bounce just as high if they're yellow.
5: The yellow checks are for next week. They've got the name Roger St. Clair printed on them. You'd better take a memory course. First you have the wrong initials put in my Inverness cape. Then you forget to tell the hotel here that I'm Lord Roger Hudson. And now you've lost the blue checks.
6: I'm sorry.
5: Don't be sorry. Be right. I hate to hold myself up as an example. But when I was an admiral and sold those people the destroyer to use for scrap, I knew the history of that ship from the day it was launched.
6: Yeah. Maybe I can get the blue checks if I call lost and found at the station.
5: Girl, use your head. Huh? The law just missed us at Riverdale. If they trace us to the train, they're waiting for someone to claim that package. Oh. I don't mind being caught by the police if they outwit me, but I refuse to help them.
6: Okay, okay. What do you want me to do? Kill myself?
5: No, I'll need you in Temple City.
7: Jim, can I interrupt? Oh, sure, Frank. Uh, this is Mr. Crawford, Agent Taylor. How are, Crawford, how are you?
0: Nice to meet you. will not you sit down, please?
7: The SAC wants us to handle Mr. Crawford's complaint, Jim, but I'm tied up taking a statement on another case. Uh, go ahead, Frank. I'll fill you in later. Thanks, Jim.
0: Mm-hmm. Master, can I be of help to you? Well, I sure hope so.
3: Seems like I got slickered good and proper. Oh, how? Well, a fellow yesterday sold me the new bridge in Monroe County. Sold it to me for $2,000. Man, would have to be a fool not to pay that for a brand-new bridge.
0: Did he explain why he was selling it so cheaply? Mm Mm-hmm, yes. Said he was an official from some federal agency and they was getting out of the bridge business. Mm -hmm. Well, representing himself as a federal officer would put him under our jurisdiction. Now, sir, what was this man's name? John Smith. Can you describe him? Well, Well, kind of tall, had gray hair, about 55 or so. Did he just take your money and tell you the bridge was yours? Oh, sir.
3: I got me a deed. Uh,
0: Do you have it with you? (laughs) Right here in the pocket. Uh, uh, There she is. Thank you. Mr. Crawford, I'd like you to leave this with me, if you will. Oh, you reckon it'll help you find him? It might. I'm going to send it on to our laboratory see if they have anything else in this handwriting on file. Oh. If they have and we locate a suspect, we'll probably want you to identify him.
3: Uh, Well, uh, I rather I didn't have to... Oh, why? Well, if I get in the same room with him, I might lose my head and, well, no telling what happened. <laughs> might even wind up with another bridge.
5: A toast, Mr. Wheeler, to Temple City, the metropolis that care forgot and sunshine remembered. Why, that's a wonderful say. I learned poetic phrasing as a boy on the banks of the Ganges. Have you ever been in
8: India? Uh, no. Oh, what a shame. I always say, see, Temple City first. We've got 37 square miles within the city limits. And Mrs. Wheeler and I have set ourselves to getting to know each of them. A high goal. Oh, and Miss Sheridan, did you send those cables? Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Miss Sheridan, Mr. Wheeler. How do
5: you do? How do
6: you do, Mr. Wheeler?
8: Mr. Wheeler is head of the Temple City Chamber of Commerce. That must be exciting. Well, Mr. St. Clair has consented to allow us to tender him a testimonial dinner on Saturday night.
5: Isn't that nice of them? Oh, very, sir. I wish I could return the favor. Uh, Miss Sheridan, uh,
8: would you like to attend the dinner? Oh, yes. By George. I have thought of something. Uh, Mr. Wheeler, what's your favorite charity? Why? Well, I I guess uh, Temple City Federation. I'll put
5: on a polo match a week from Saturday, with all proceeds going to the Federation good raise, I'd say $10,000.
6: Oh, but, Mr. St. you have an appointment a week from Sunday with the ambassador.
5: Cancel it. Why, to have my horses and men flown in, and I'll buy the first $1,000 worth of tickets myself. Oh, no,
8: we can't let you do that. Oh, oh, nonsense. Miss Sheridan, take care of the details. You'll have to form a
6: committee, Mr. Wheeler.
8: Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Mr. St. Clair, uh, you'll serve on it, won't you? In one of the lesser positions, you can put me down as, oh, say, uh,
5: treasurer... <laughs>
2: FBI headquarters in Washington is the nerve center of the organization. It is notified of every case and almost invariably requested to help. In this case, for example, the fictitious deed given to the elderly farmer as part of the bridge swindle was sent to the FBI laboratory. There, it was examined by the bureau's handwriting experts, who studied it carefully, then reported.
0: Frank Washington just reported on that deed. They get anything? A complete ident. It's a swindler I arrested back east nine years ago. Who's that? Roger Mason. Alias Arthur Sinclair, Roger Calhoun, George Lake, Crown Prince Leopold, Major General Carson, Sir Howard Reseda, Baron von Steuben, and a few others. Quite a career. He's been a bad check artist and imposter for 30 years, except for interruptions in jail.
7: Selling bridges is specialty?
0: Oh, no, he's versatile. He's worked every imaginable variety of confidence game and done it everywhere.
7: Any particular pattern? Well,
0: he usually spends about a week on each job. Goes from one job to the next without a break.
7: It could mean he doesn't work from any home base.
0: No, he lives out of a trunk,
7: a wardrobe trunk. Operates solo?
0: Well, a few times he's been arrested working alone. On other jobs, he's used a female Confederate who
7: poses as his secretary. Always the same woman?
0: No, he switches every couple of years. Oh, well, Washington sent pictures of Mason. They should be here by this evening.
5: Come in here and help me. Okay. I I just can't make this tie.
4: Hey,
6: don't you look elegant.
5: These evening clothes were made for me by the Royal Tailors in London. Roger, we're alone. They were. Oh. I insisted that the head of the firm cut the cloth himself. And as a bonus, I paid an extra 20 pounds by check.
6: <laughs> Stand still, please.
5: Oh, speaking of checks, did you make out that one for the polo tickets? Mm-hmm.
6: Turn an envelope in your inside pocket.
5: I'll present it to the Toastmasters as I finish my speech.
6: There, that the way you like a tide?
5: Ah, fine. And, uh, Anne, uh-huh. your work this week has been excellent.
6: uh uh-huh. Do I get a reward?
5: Indeed you do. Next time I'm an admiral, I'll make you a lieutenant in the waves. Agent Taylor.
0: Hey Jim, this is Frank. Yeah.
7: I'm at the railroad station. A ticket seller just picked Mason's picture out of the album. He bought two tickets to Temple City. Two? Mason had a girl with him.
0: Hmm. Any description?
7: Just that she was blonde and well-dressed.
0: How long ago were they there?
7: Uh, A week or so.
0: Then he's probably just about ready to leave Temple City. I'll call the police, sir, and ask them to check on visiting celebrities.
7: There's a plane to Temple City at 7.20 tomorrow
4: morning.
0: Okay, make reservations, Frank. We'll meet at the airport.
5: And greeting. I'm sorry I came. I should have come here ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> to be truthful, oh, pardon me. I'm pa- not deserving of the many kinds you've said. Excuse me. I-
8: oh, I'm sorry. As a May I get through, please?
5: Yeah.
8: Excuse me, please. Who they were oh, about. Oh, pardon me. Miss yeah, Sheridan. Uh, hmm? I I, I, I hate to bother you. Oh,
6: that's all right.
8: I well well. Uh, I really don't know Nona, how to tell you this. I...
6: Is anything wrong? No, no, no. no.
8: just that, that well, the reason I was called to the phone that uh, well, concerned Mr. St. Clair.
6: Who was calling? The
8: police. Oh? Oh, this is ridiculous. I told them that it was, but they they wanted to know if Mr. St. Clair was really Mr. St. Clair.
6: Well, who did they think he was? Oh,
8: I didn't even ask. The whole thing is so outlandish.
6: Why don't they come over and see for themselves? Oh,
8: they wanted to, but I assured them that it wasn't necessary. Uh, I guess, really, I shouldn't even have bothered you. I'm
6: glad you did.
8: We missed Mr. St. Clair's whole speech. Yes, that's a shame. He's coming off the dance.
6: Oh, he wants to see me.
8: Please don't mention this to him. It would only embarrass the entire city. I'll keep the
6: secret.
5: A wonderful speech, Mr. St. Clair. Oh, thank you, Mr. Wheeler. I just remembered an important cable I have got to send immediately. Oh, can I help? Uh, No, Miss Sheridan can handle it. Excuse us for a minute, please. You did it again, you idiot. Never mind
6: me. The cops called while you were making your speech.
5: Are you sure? Wheeler
6: spoke to them and chilled the beef, but it can't last. We'd better get out of here.
5: You're finally right.
6: Now what did I do? Nothing.
5: Nothing at all. You just wrote a check for $2,000 for those polo tickets. But
6: you told me to.
5: I never told you to write it on the account where I really keep my money.
1: return in just a moment to tonight's exciting case from the official files of your FBI. But right now a message from Mr. James K. Merton, a member of the Equitable Life Assurance Society for four years, Mr. Keating. Do you remember, Mr. Merton, just what it was that got you interested in membership in the Equitable Society? Why, it was this program, Mr. Keating. It described an insurance plan I wanted to know more about. So I looked up the phone number of my local Equitable agent. The next evening, he dropped in to see me. Now, that man really knew his business. He gave me all the facts, answered all my questions. He seemed a lot more like an advisor and a friend than a salesman. Well, that's just what equitable men are, Mr. Merton. All 8,000 of them. They believe in helping you find the kind of insurance you want. They want to make friends as well as write policies. Well, that sounds like a mighty fine bunch of men, Mr. Keating. They are, Mr. Merton. And they do know their business. Every equitable man is given special training, and he has the support of a large staff of highly trained specialists in the Equitable Home Office. And all these trained men are at your service. That's why I'd like to say this to our radio audience. If you, too, are interested in enjoying freedom from worry, if you want to find out how to protect yourself and your family, ask the man who can help you most. Ask your local Equitable Society representative. Simply consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local equitable representative. Or write to the Equitable Society, care of this station. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file,
2: The Masquerader. Each year, the American people are cheated out of millions of dollars by swindlers of every description. Some of the schemes which find ready victims are so ludicrous, so patently fraudulent, it seems improbable they could be successful in even the most backward section. Yet your FBI and local law enforcement agencies receive daily complaints and know that actually many other victims exist who are too proud to report that they were fooled. The way to prevent your joining the list of victims is simple. Be careful. If a stranger approaches with a business proposition that promises fantastic returns, use every possible caution. Remember that no one has yet made money grow on trees. Remember, too, that only one person can keep you from being swindled. That person is you. Tonight's FBI file continues a few days later at the Temple City Chamber of Commerce. Special Agent Taylor is interviewing Mr. Wheeler. Hey, Taylor, to make matters worse,
0: I even lent him my car. That's the one you told the police about? Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought the bank was joking when they said he stopped payment. Stopped payment? Yes. Yeah. Well, I heard all the checks were returned marked no such account. Uh, all except mine. Well, that means he actually has an account at that bank, then. Oh, uh, Mr. Wheeler, where is that check he gave you? Oh, uh, right here. Thank you. I'll wire the bank and see if they've heard from him again. Now, did um, either Mason or the girl mention any city? Oh, plenty of them.
8: London, Paris, Rangoon,
0: Calcutta. No, what I mean, sir, is any in this country? Oh, no.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh, Pardon me.
8: Certainly. Uh, Mr. Wheeler?
4: Uh, This is Agent Dixon. Is Agent
7: Taylor there, please?
0: Uh, Just a minute. For you. Thanks. Young?
7: Jim, the state police just found Wheeler's car in Emerson County. It was cracked up on Route 9. Oh, when? They didn't say. Mason left a note of apology and a check on the front seat.
0: Another check?
7: To cover the repairs.
0: How near a city was the car?
7: Fairly close to Emeryville.
0: Okay, Frank. I'll meet you at headquarters in uh, ten minutes, and we'll drive over there.
6: Well, Roger, we're pulling out. We're leaving Emeryville. Yes. Sure glad to blow that place. Aren't you... Roger, put down the paper. What for? Well, don't you want to get a last look?
5: I have no sentimental attachment for Emeryville. We didn't make a quarter here. We're getting out alive. No thanks to your driving. And you'll just have to be more careful. I asked you not to speed that way just before we hit the telegraph pole. I'm sorry. Yeah, that doesn't mend my leg. I know. It's not the physical discomfort I mind so much, but it throws off our whole schedule.
6: Look... Roger, when we get to Pittsburgh, let's take a vacation till your leg gets better.
5: You had two days off while I was in the hospital. I
6: mean a real vacation, a long one. Anne,
5: in this business, we take our long vacations in jail.
6: (laughs) You sound like you expect to be collared.
5: Let me explain something to you. Legitimate shopkeepers pay for the merchandise they sell. So do we. They pay in money, we pay in time. Now, let me read for a while, will you? Want a drink? Huh?
6: Let's hit the club car and get a drink.
5: Oh, maybe later.
6: Well,
5: I think I'll go in alone. Oh, just a minute. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. On Friday afternoon, Colonel John Hall will make a speech at the groundbreaking ceremonies for a new defense factory in Auburn. Where's that? Near Pittsburgh. Oh. Get out my army uniform. I can feel myself becoming General Roger Carson.
6: How about the bum knee?
5: I'm recuperating from wounds received in Korea. And uh, get me some paper i better make notes on my speech.
6: I thought that uh, colonel's making the speech.
5: I'll do it instead.
6: Won't he beef?
2: How can he? I outrank him. Time is the important element in following a criminal like Roger Mason. The vital thing is to cut down his lead and keep cutting it down until you apprehend him. In this case, Agents Taylor and Dixon arrived at the scene of the wrecked car a few hours after leaving Temple City. Agent Dixon began a close inspection of the vehicle, while Agent Taylor went off to interview the neighboring farmers. In a short time, he returned to their car.
7: Get anything, Jim?
2: Well, the farmer
0: across the road was awakened by the crash late Saturday night. He came out and drove Mason and the girl to the Emeryville Hospital.
7: How badly were they hurt?
0: Well, the girl was shaken up. Mason hurt his leg. Hospital reports he sustained a badly wrenched knee. He was in the hospital till this morning. Was
7: the girl hospitalized? Overnight.
0: The Emeryville police are checking hotels and clubs for us. Did
7: you get anything from the car? No, all the papers and maps in the glove compartment were wheelers. huh?
0: car
3: three. This
0: is
7: car three.
3: Report in from Officer Adams. Miss Sheridan checked out of the Emeryville hotel this morning. Anyone with her? Mason. Travel Park says he bought two tickets for Pittsburgh.
0: Traveling on what?
3: The nine forty train this morning. I checked. That train's already in Pittsburgh and unloaded.
0: Thanks. We'll head over there anyway.
5: Let me help you. Oh, thank you, Mayor. That's the wheelchair squeaking, not me.
6: (laughs) Are you comfortable, General?
5: Yes, and I wish you army nurses would stop treating me like I'm an invalid.
6: I'm sorry, sir. My orders came direct from the Pentagon. Well, no
5: point bickering here and wasting the mayor's time. Well, that's all right. Mayor, I know that you're under the impression I came to Auburn to dedicate an ordinary defense plant. Aren't you? No, and because I've investigated you and found you can be trusted, I'll tell you the real reason I'm here. General, do you think you should? Lieutenant... When I want your advice, I'll ask for it. Sorry, sir. Mayor, I'm uh, I'm what you might call an imposter. Huh? Uh, this wheelchair, this uniform, they're just parts of a disguise. Actually, I've never even been to Korea. Aren't you a general either? Yes, but in the counterintelligence division. Uh, usually I work in plain clothes. Have you received a letter from the army about me? No. You will. It'll authorize you to advance whatever expense money I need while I'm here. It won't run more than a few thousand dollars. If
3: it wasn't for the groundbreaking, can I ask why you did come?
5: Uh, This time, Lieutenant, I will ask your advice.
6: Well, sir, you've told the mayor this much.
5: Mayor, this is top secret. You'll have to keep it in the strictest confidence. We don't have a spy ring in Auburn, do we? Exactly what I'm here to find out.
2: Checking every hotel and club in a large city is a tedious job, but by the time agents Taylor and Dixon arrived in Pittsburgh... The FBI field office there had finished the chore. Mason and his female accomplice were not registered in any of them. A call to the railroad station revealed that the train on which the pair had come to Pittsburgh was still in the railroad yards and available for inspection.
0: Let's see, drawing room, G's the other end of the car. Uh
7: Uh-huh.
0: Porter said he hadn't cleaned up yet. Good. Now, Frank, when we get through in the compartment, let's check cab drivers, huh? They might remember that wardrobe trunk. Uh, Here we are. Go ahead. Right. Didn't leave much. Uh, Maybe there's something in the washroom. No, there's nothing in here.
7: This closet's empty, too.
0: Anything on that shelf?
7: No, I looked.
0: There's a newspaper
7: under the seat. I'll get it.
0: That's the Emeryville paper.
7: Some scraps of paper under there, too. Huh? Note paper. Just says, uh, Korea. This one says explain why no medals. What do you think that means?
0: With Mason, it could mean anything. Frank, look. There's been something torn from this page of the paper. Might be a lead.
6: windbag. Yeah,
3: part of the business. <laughs> He's certainly making you brave.
5: Only repeating and what I told him.
3: And this is confidential. He strained himself trying to wear all his medals at once. General Roger Carson.
5: I guess I've been introduced. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, ladies and gentlemen, using this type of hand microphone makes me think I'm back in Korea talking to my troops. I heard the mayor mention my medals. I'm not wearing any, as you can see. I never wear them because I didn't really win them. My men did. They deserve every one of them. (laughs) A month ago, I had no idea that today I'd be here in Auburn the city that care forgot and sunshine remembered. (laughs) This is a happy community. Look around you. Look at the people on this platform, all of them smiling, friendly. There's my nurse, your mayor, Councilman Brown, and uh, uh, this gentleman just coming onto the platform. Like me, he's a stranger in town. But a man I knew many years ago I believe he's here to ask me to give up my military career.
0: Aren't you, Mr. Taylor? That's right, Mason. You and Miss Patterson are under arrest.
2: Roger Mason and Ann Patterson were convicted in federal court and both received sentences in federal penitentiaries. Special Agents Taylor and Dixon assumed Roger Mason and the girl had gone to Auburn when they called the newspaper in Emeryville and learned what item had been torn from the paper found in the compartment. Once in Auburn, it was a simple matter to apprehend both Mason and his accomplice in the manner you have just witnessed. Thus, another pair of swindlers was removed from circulation by the special agents of your FBI. But there are still thousands upon thousands of them using old schemes and new every day to cheat the American people out of tremendous sums of money. Your FBI will do everything in its power to apprehend those who violate a federal statute over which it has jurisdiction, and that does give you some protection. But to repeat what was stated earlier, your best protection is constant caution.
1: If you are interested in security and peace of mind for yourself and your family, consult the man who can help you best your local Equitable Society representative. He will be glad to help you solve any life insurance problem and without any obligation to you. Simply consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local Equitable Society representative.
2: Next week, we will dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Its subject, bank robbery. Its title... The Loner.
1: The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Jerry D. Lewis. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor was played by Stacey Harris. Others in the cast were B. Benaderet, Herb Butterfield, Hal Dawson, Herbert Rawlinson, Victor Rodman, and Carlton Young. This is Your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. And inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society will bring you another thrilling transcribed story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Loner on This Is Your
4: FBI.
1: Stay tuned for the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. There's fun for the whole family when Ozzie and Harriet come your way next. This program came to you from Hollywood.